Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Our reading today is from the fourth chapter of John. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than your ancestor Jacob? who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it. And Jesus said to her, Well, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you said is true. The woman said, sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. So just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking to a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? And the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. And she said to the people, come, you need to see this man who told me everything I have ever done. They left the city. They went on their way. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have no food to eat. He goes, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one's brought him something to eat. And Jesus said to them, No, my food is to do with the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more and then comes the harvest? I tell you, look around, see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. 
Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. He couldn't be the Messiah, could he? So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. He stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we've heard ourselves. We know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Here ends our reading, and usually I'd say you may be seated. If you're listening to our sermon podcast today, we do not have our congregation with us today as we've, um, with the governor's recommendation, we are doing our best to help slow the spread of coronavirus, and we want to look out for our most vulnerable populations by making the decision to not gather together this Sunday and risk raising the exposure rate. So today's audience is our very own Steve in the sound booth, who I'm going to ask him to nod more vigorously than ever, because you're nodding for a whole congregation this time. Yeah, and maybe loud hallelujahs if I do a great job. Just kidding. Ah, there it is. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Steve. Tough call to do that. Um, We felt a little extra convicted this week um, on this particular weekend, because as you know, In this season, we are discussing in Lent the fruit of the Spirit, and the particular fruit we are giving special attention to this week is kindness. Kindness is a word that can take on all sorts of nuance through interpretation. Um, Oftentimes, I would say in our culture, kindness is associated with acts of kindness. You think of helping people across the street, making cookies for someone, bringing a meal to someone who's under the weather. We think of cutting someone's grass or shoveling their sidewalk. These are acts of kindness. We have a lot of opportunity to be kind. It's a word that's also used in Hebrew scriptures often when it's attributed to good kings, good rulers, good landowners, people of great means, people who have power and who agree to treat the people that are, you know, beneath them with benevolence, kindness. When their patience is taxed, they do not treat them cruelly. Instead, they practice kindness. You can see this kind of expression of kindness in how Jesus and the woman interact with each other, right? How they're testing each other's patience, perhaps. A Galilean, no less, comes up to her after her hard day's work and says, hey, get me some water. I mean, we're aware, even by the story, that the conversation didn't really happen too often between Samaritans and the people who worshipped in Jerusalem. They had loads of history of social prejudice It could have easily been presumed that these two people wouldn't be kind to each other. You can see how Jesus could also be taxed by her her response. Hey, I'm so thirsty. Hey, do you really want this? Don't you know who I am? But both of them respond. Instead of escalating the problem, they respond with kindness. And Jesus even says, in light of this new reality in the coming kingdom, there will come a time when we will all worship together. There won't be divisions anymore. But I don't know if that's fully the kind of kindness we're talking about when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. This story captures kindness there in that light, clearly. But another interpretation of kindness that's used is used uh, when we parse this Greek word for kindness, krestotes. um, It's a line, it's a word that's used to describe wine often as being smooth or mellow. A kind wine. (laughs) Smooth and mellow may better capture the exchange a lot better than this traditional understanding of um, benevolence. I could be rude, but I'm not going to be. See, this kind of kindness is a posture that goes with this idea of wine. This could have descended into cruel, 
prejudice-filled insults, but it doesn't because neither of them are bending to the perceived prejudice of their time. Neither of them abandon their concern for one another. Instead, they're actually kind of mellow to one another. They're actually kind of cool. They're actually kind of smooth in their talking to one another. And this posture is described really well by Rick Renner in his work, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, where he spells this out. He says, Kindness, Christotes, in this way, conveys the idea of being adaptable to others. Rather than harshly require everyone else to adapt to your own needs or your own desires, when Christotes is working in a believer, they seek to become adaptable specifically to the needs of those who are around them. Adaptable rather than harshly requiring others to adapt to them. That sounds like the two people in this story. They are making room for each other. There are moments where this could have gone another way and it doesn't because they are practicing kindness adaptable to the needs of those around them. This week's news with the spread of an illness that seems to be affecting older people and people with uh, immunity concerns, people with histories of respiratory issues, with such precision has caused, I think, a lot of people to resist maybe kindness in this. Some people have said, hey, this isn't really that bad. How's it much worse from the flu? It won't affect everybody too hard. I'm not really at, at risk with this. But the truth is, it will affect specific folks with more cruelty than it will to others, it seems. As a community of God who seeks to walk in step with the Spirit, we would be wise to consider that specific fruit of the Spirit this week of kindness and ask ourselves, how are we being adaptable to the needs of those around us? If you're not worried about coronavirus, great. You're a young person. You're, you're a healthy person. You're low risk. The question I have is, how are we going to become adaptable to those in need who are around us? How are we going to be helpful in this situation? How are we going to be smooth? How are we going to be mellow? The decision this week to cancel worship was so challenging because even across our staff at Good Shepherd, we have different vulnerabilities to this very situation. We're not just a diverse community. We're a diverse leadership team in terms of age In our community, particularly social location, our diversity is great. It's something to consider in this time. To ask ourselves, each and every one of us, how are we being helpful? How are we being kind to the people who maybe we're not thinking about all the time, who we think less about? Heck, I would say a really great thing to consider is, how about the healthcare workers in Cincinnati, caring for those who are going to be sick? How are we helping them by taking steps to lower the curve as we've been encouraged, to avoid the rapid spread of illness with a spike, and instead spreading it out? How are we doing that with concern for our neighbor in our hearts? Truth be told, the ways we can practice kindness in this way are numerous. Wash your hands. That's that's being very considerate to your neighbor. Avoid panic-induced stockpiling tendencies. I've seen the Facebook posts. I've heard the stories. TP's hard to come by. If you don't need that much, don't get it. We can be courteous when we're out and about. I have heard people talking very negatively of their neighbors, and I understand it's frustrating. But some people, truthfully, are going to be more scared than others. And for us to presume they shouldn't be might not be fair. So we're adaptable. 
We will avoid large gatherings. We will practice social distancing. We will not put people in situations that put them at higher risk. Another way to be kind is if you're feeling ill, practice kindness. Contact a doctor. Avoid, the, uh, per, uh, avoid joining groups of people. Stay home. Follow the rules of how to get in touch with your doctor. I think specifically staying away from people is going to be a challenge for churches. Heck, we're basically defined by our community focus, by our spirituality that compels us to gather together. It's hard. It's out of our comfort zones. It seems almost antithetical to call this group and say, hey, we're not gathering on Sunday. Woof, it's hard. However, Martin Luther has a good quote about how response um, in his time of pandemic, in his time of the Black Plague, he writes, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, I shall help purify the air, I will administer medicine, I will take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed. And in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he'll find me, (laughs) surely. And I have done what he has expected of me. And so I am not responsible for either my own death or death of others. But if my neighbor needs me, However, I shall not avoid place or person. I will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because he writes, it is neither brash nor foolhardy. And it doesn't tempt God. (laughs) To me, it sounds kind. To me, it sounds like not focusing or forcing others to adapt to my own wishes or my own desires. Heck, I'm a gluttonous extrovert. I want this place full of people. But currently, I just got Steve, and that's okay. I love you, Steve. But know this. We're going to try to be mellow, which is perhaps what we need to be in this time where people are panicked. We are going to be smooth. We are going to practice kindness for the sake of our neighbors. We will make room. We will make space. And know this. To the folks of Good Shepherd, we are here. We are here for you. To the community at large, We're a place, staff, leadership, council, the family at Good Shepherd. We're here, we are available, and we will move freely. We will help and care for all those in need, but we will also not be negligent. We will not put anyone in harm when we shouldn't. Because, folks, there will come a day when we will be able to gather together again and break bread. It'll be soon. And if you're lonely, you're afraid, give us a call. Let us know. We are adaptable. We are the body of Christ. We are emboldened by the Holy Spirit to walk in step with hearts full of kindness. So peace be with you. Practice kindness. Stay healthy. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.